Where is life going in the future? What will the future be like? This is Thursday, February 2nd. In our family, there has been a lot of excitement for the last few months. Our daughter Rachel and her husband are expecting a baby to be born in June. They already have two children, Ben aged 8 and Molly aged 5. We are thrilled beyond words to welcome another child into our clan. Now, of course, during this time, we know that God is forming that little one in the seclusion of the womb. Yes, we have an ultrasound picture, but the details are very scant. This week, I've been told we should find out if this is a girl or a boy, and maybe even today. But we will have to wait until the day of birth to see just what this baby looks like. Suffice it to say, there's a lot of anticipation. Another bedroom will be needed in the house, clothing, and all of the other items required for a tiny baby. Now, we're in the middle of this letter that Paul wrote to Titus to provide direction for forming the new church on the Greek island of Crete. Here's our text for today, Titus chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. As we've been learning, it's the grace of God that teaches us a new way of life, and it makes possible for us to put on the character of Christ. But look at how this process is driven by hope, the hope of the appearing of Jesus and the coming of the fullness of the kingdom of God. What does all this mean? Well, first, as we come to live as subjects of the kingdom of God, we begin to anticipate what God has planned for us and for his people. Just like our family is expecting that birth of a new baby. Now that we have a taste of God's grace, we long for more. Since our attention has been focused on Jesus, we look forward to his coming. There is that word appear that we looked at earlier. The grace of God first appeared in Jesus. It's that word epiphany in Greek. And now Paul says that Jesus himself will appear once again. Because we know this will happen, we want to be ready. Again, just like the coming of that baby, the nursery is prepared and painted, a crib is brought in along with all the other items into the baby's room. <laughs> There's a deadline to meet. This is the way Paul's explanation sounds. A new day is coming. We want to be ready. We want to live our lives fit for our coming king. The Apostle John says something similar. This is 1 John 3, 1-3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. 
But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Yes, everyone is looking to Jesus' coming, would want to be ready to have lives fit for Jesus, even though we know when he comes, we will be like him. As a pastor, I've been part of my fair share of weddings. I love to see all the preparations being made for the moment, that moment when the bride will walk down the aisle. To be honest, at times it seems a bit overdone. But when you realize what a special moment it is, of course the groom wants to look his best, and the bride wants to look beautiful for the man she's giving herself away to. And so what we're told here is that when Jesus appears, the church will want to be ready. This is a huge motivation in our lives. We want to be our best, as the text says here, to be pure. Now, our Titus passage has this clear statement of who Jesus is. He is called our great God and Savior. It's a clear declaration of the identity of Jesus. You see, the church had no doubts about Jesus' identity. They knew he was God in the flesh, and they knew his mission. He came to redeem us, to buy us out of slavery and the bondage of our sin. He came to give us new lives of freedom and joy and peace. And since this is why Jesus came and why he died, how much more should this motivate us to lay hold of and to enjoy the fullness of this life that Jesus has brought to us? Now, returning to the fact that we have a new grandbaby on the way, I think about that. I think about the life that that little girl or boy will have and all that God has in store for that little one. And I rejoice. I hope we can rejoice today knowing what we have in Jesus, our Redeemer, who came to give us life in all its fullness and especially as we also remember that the kingdom of God is coming in him. Let's pray. Father, how often do we stop to see the miracle of our lives, that you've given us so much to enjoy, that you have redeemed us. Give us eyes to see your glory and the magnitude of your goodness to us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.